0: Uh, 2020 is from Psalms verse 118. We're going to read quite a few, but how many of you know what this month we're calling it? Victory, victory February. Who said Who it? All right. All right victory February. Uh, the first Sunday of this month we're worshiping. God just dropped that in my spirit that this is going to be victory. February and God's going to deliver some people and change some of the thinking in our minds. to get February.
1: So Psalm
0: one eighteen, verse one says, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; His love endures forever." And get the verse six it says, "The Lord is with me; I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me; He is my helper. I will triumph on my enemy." What if you only know how good this is going with our message today. And uh, we're going to jump to verse 13. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. And then Micah 5, 9 says... Your hand will be lifted up to triumph over your enemies, and all your foes will be, what? Destroyed. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and lift our hands up this morning. Father, we just come to you right now, Father. We come to you, Father God, and we're lifting our hands, Father God, and surrender to you. We surrender our lives to you. We open up our lives to you. We ask the Holy Spirit that you move in this place today, Father God. Father, we invite you in this place. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone shout, Amen. 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 Come on and worship the Lord.
2: House today, the healing to come and miracles to come. Sometimes He's waiting on us to make that move. Amen. a step of faith, healing is coming if you only just believe, cause miracles happen, take that step of faith, heaven is coming on your behalf today.
0: there God reminded me and I wasn't com- going to come up and say this but I, I felt I needed to, and I felt I would have missed God if I didn't but God had promised us that this altar was going to be like the pool of Bethesda when his spirit moves that whoever would jump in the pool would be healed and I think that's still true today yes amen Let me tell you something about the pool. Those that stood on the side and wanted God to do something in their life never received it because they wouldn't get in the pool. You hear me? And you may say, Oh, well, God could touch me back here like he could touch me up front. Yeah, he could, but that doesn't doesn't mean he will. Who remembers the upper room? Jesus told them, Wait in that upper room for my spirit. And guess who received the Spirit? Only those who were in the place right. where God said right. He was going to move. Amen. Amen. hear me? God's Spirit's for everyone. But only the ones that received was the one that heard His Word and listened and was in that room. So I want to tell you, don't let those chains hold you in those pews. If you need something from God, don't stand on the outside of the pool. Get in the pool. If you want to see a victory, if you want God to move, yes. like, like uh, when Sister Alaskas said that, sometimes we're saying we're waiting on God and God's saying, I'm, I'm here. I'm right here. Yes. I'm waiting on you to get off your rear end and get up here so yes. I can touch you.
3: Yes. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Amen. So, amen. Okay, if you need something from the Lord today, the, the pool is open. Jump in. The water's fine. Yes,
3: thank you, Jesus. Our fight is with weapons and seal.
2: Your enemy's to the knees as
3: we rise up. You're so unleashed like a fly A flower.
2: and it is in his hands everything is in his hands today he already has the end result and the answer nothing can stand against the name of
3: Jesus. Jesus The weapon may be formed but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle below. Jesus, every war he wages, he wins. we What? you
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, one more, one more time. Give him a little bit of praise. Come on. Come on. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a break for a minute because at the end of the service we're coming back up. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda I'm gonna kinda share a message that I got from that song. That, that's what we're talking about here today. I love, I love to say what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it for good. How many of you know that sometimes when things come in our life, we think it's, that's going to be the death of us, the destruction of us, but God uses it and it becomes our saving grace. That, you know, in the long run, it, it turns into something good. Amen. Amen. So uh, give the Lord a hand clap as you uh, take your seats. You want to dismiss the kids, three, four, and five to their class and if you would get your notes out Amen. Protect your eyes so you don't get a flash when the lights come on, but that's all right. Amen. right, sister Melissa just wanted to share something. Sister Hazel. Sister Hazel.
1: Sister Hazel, Hazel, come stand by me. I need you to come stand by My, my heart was burning the whole time we were worshiping and um what Meliska said and what Brother Scott said, it just confirmed. As um, there was two things I wanted to share. Well, I'm gonna say one thing first because uh, I had a vision of when I was sitting there. It's like you know, he's talking about the river, talking about the river, and I'm, we're talking about the the pool, and I'm sitting there and thinking, you know. I had a, it's like I had a vision of somebody come and get me out of my seat and come and bring me to the front because I'm like, I don't want to go walk up there. And Sister Hazel came and she said, she kept doing this, she kept doing this, and she took me and she said, I'm going to help you, and she came bring me to the front. So that kind of goes with what the Lord showed me. I kept seeing the word push in big letters, push. And I know I've seen that, like, what is it, an acronym where it says pray until something happens. But the Lord was saying, No, that's only part of it. He's saying push until something happens. And I felt like he was saying, No matter what we go through, then today is a day of is the day of victory. We have to keep pushing, pushing through the crowd, pushing through the the clutter in our mind that says we're not enough or we can't do it. Just keep he's, I just felt him kept saying in my heart, push, just keep pushing, push through the unbelief push through the, the, the things that you're going through right now. Because you see, la- last Sunday, they were singing the song about victory, and I was singing it with all my heart, but in my, in my mind, I was telling God, God, I'm singing this song, but I don't, I don't feel the victory. I don't have the victory. These things just kept pushing me back, and I felt like, you know, like the man that tried to keep coming to the pool. He said, well, I don't have anybody to help me. Well, sometimes, spiritually, we need somebody to, give us a a step up, a hand up. And the Lord was just confirming that to me with Miss Hazel today because he was pushing. He wanted to push me forward, but I was like, I don't have anybody. I can't go up there. And here she comes and physically she did it, but it was a spiritual thing to me because I've been feeling like I just can't push through. Like every time I push forward, I get knocked down. And you know we all have these moments, and that's why I'm sharing this because we need to be encouraged. If you get pushed down, Amen. if you get pushed back, just get up, and, and God will send somebody, or you have prayer, or God will send somebody to, to to give you a hand up and say, "Come on, we can we can push through together, physically, spiritually, whichever way." And God's just telling us not to give up; just keep pushing through, keep pushing through. And God confirmed that with what she did today. And what I saw that I just saw in such big letters, the word push, keep pushing. And we need to get pushed past all these things that seem impossible. God wants to encourage us, us today that we, we do have the victory. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. See a couple of people fanning themselves, so I put that air condition on a little lower. Amen. Thank you, Sister Melissa. Amen. Amen, like I said, uh, my plan was to try and get you out around eleven in case I don't want anybody to be trapped that they can't get home, um, but there's no way it's going to happen uh, by eleven uh, so if you do live on the other side to Ba uh, and you feel you need to leave uh, by eleven so they don't close the road on you that you can't get home, uh, we understand that, but if not even even if so, I don't think you want to miss what God has for you here today, amen. This new message is called uh, Conquering Giants. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we get started this morning. Father, I just come to you today, Father God, and we, we thank you for your move already this morning, Father God, and we, we know that you're going to continue to move here this morning as we get ready to study your word, Father God. I just pray right now that every deaf ear be open, Father God, to hear the things of the Spirit, that every blind eye be open to see the things of the Spirit this morning, That every mind be touched, that it could comprehend your word this morning. And most of all, prepare our hearts right now, Father God, to receive your word, that it could take root in our hearts, Father. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says, (coughs) Amen. Again, uh, this message is going to be part one. Uh, I know I I can't get through everything I had wanted uh, in one, one week. But I, this is going to be a good stopping point for us here. And, the, and when I'm talking about giants, you know, uh, everybody's familiar. But and I don't want to say it that way. Most people are familiar with David and Goliath in the Bible. You know, uh, you, even if you weren't in church, it's, it's even used in the world when they got football teams that a underdog comes as the David and Goliath uh, type thing. So uh, if you're not familiar with the story of David and Goliath, I'm going to be talking about that. So a lot of this is just going to be refreshers to you and things. I'm not saying I'm going to find anything new that you haven't heard on this, but sometimes we need to hear things over again, you know, and remind us and refresh us in these things. So when we're, we're talking about Goliath where he was the giant, okay, I understand that you're not going to walk out this building and Shaquille O'Neal is going to be there looking to take you down. Okay, that's not the giant. That's a metaphor of what we're talking about here, okay? The giants we're going to be talking about is obstacles in your life, things that are standing in your way that are maybe preventing you from going where God wants you to go, for doing what God wants you to do. And that giant also represents something that comes in our life that wants to steal our joy, our happiness, and our peace. Alright, those giants in our, in our life. So, I want to just put up Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and 17, which I put up quite often. This is the message translation. Just for explaining this part again a little bit. Okay, again, I know we're not going to go out and face a 10 foot tall guy. That's not what this message is about. But it's the principles. God's Word is timeless principles. From Genesis 1 to Revelation... It's timeless principles that never change, okay? So it says this, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. What does God breathe? It brings life. It's alive. It says every part of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful one way or another, it shows us truth. It shows us, it exposes us to truth. It exposes our rebellion where, where we think differently, uh, uh, not the way God's Word says. It shows us truth, exposing our rebellion and correcting our mistakes. How many of you know that if you keep making the same mistake, you're going to end up with the same result? All right? Correcting our mistakes and uh, training us to live How? God's way, what God wants for you. And verse 17 says, oh, there we go, through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. In other words, the plan that God has for you. So we're, we're going to be looking at David versus Goliath but in that spiritual sense, as in God's plan, what God wants for you when you're going to face up to something that seems bigger than you. Okay, so let's look. I'm going I'm to begin with verse uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. And this is kind of toward the end, and we're going to, again, end up talking before this. <coughs> Notice what it says. Now, this is once David seen... Uh, uh, Goliath. He says, David said, okay, he spoke to the what? Philistine. The Philistine was Goliath. What, what I want you to catch here is David spoke to Goliath. How many of you remember the word says, Jesus said, speak to the mountain that's in front of you. All right, this obstacle that's in front of you representing the giant, speak to it. He says, David said to the Philistine, he says, You come against me, and notice what he says, with the sword, the spear, and the javelin. Now, what that's representing is he's coming against them with natural weapons of this world. Okay, with things in this world. Okay, that had the relationships in this world, all kind of other things. And how many of you know the Bible says it's not by might nor by power talking about the things in this world, but by my spirit says the Lord, that we have victory. So he's saying, David's already saying, you know what, you're coming at me with all these weapons in this world, but he says, that's not how I'm coming after you. He says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And I underlined the God of the armies of Israel because I want you to pay attention to this right now. Uh, What we need to understand is David was an Israelite, right? Those of you that are familiar with the story knows that nobody else wanted to fight Goliath. But yet, wasn't God the God of them too? Think what David said. I'll come against you. He didn't say, I'm coming against you with my God. He says, I'm coming against you with the God of of the Israelites, of of everyone. But how come only David had the courage to go against them with the Lord? The God was God of all them too. But none of them were able to muster up the courage to fight Goliath. Think about that. You see, a lot of times when the giant first appears... Fear overcomes us. How many of you know what fear does to you? It paralyzes you. Uh, that's why they say a lion roars right before he attacks because the, the sound of the lion paralyzes the, the animal with fear and they freeze for a second giving the lion opportunity to attack. Fear is what? An emotion. Right? Faith. Faith let's put it this way. Faith is an action. It causes us to do something. Fear is an emotion. Are we to live by what we see or by faith? We live by faith not by sight. And if we're not careful we we, we get paralyzed in our fear. We react to our fear instead of our faith. And can I tell you something? David was reacting to his faith all the other Israelites were reacting to their fear. When they seen him coming, they cowered and ran off. But God was still their God. Now, let's continue here. So, I want you to understand who David was facing. David was a little red-headed, freckle-faced boy, not big. Uh, To tell you how unintimidating he was, when they called for all the people to go to fight the Philistines, you know they, they had their regular army, but they, they got all the townspeople to go too. Hey, we, we need to stand up against this army. All David's brothers went. But they told David, uh, don't even bother going squeak. Just stay there and watch the sheep. We, you're not even going to do no good. So he, he he's there and he's, he comes up and he faces this giant that is almost 10 foot tall, even makes Shaquille O'Neal look small. It says that his helmet and his uh, jacket weighed 125 pounds. His javelin spear tip uh, weighed 15 pounds of bronze, just the tip without the thing. And this guy can move and fight in this thing. So think about if somebody threw a 125 uh, pound jacket over you and you had a 15 pound spear, you couldn't hardly move. But this guy God, this God was so big and so strong that that was his weapon. And here is little ruddy David coming face to face with him. How many of you know that giants are more powerful than we are in ourselves? See, that's why he says, I'm not, he didn't say I'm coming after you the way I am. Okay, he says I'm coming in the name of the Lord our God. He's coming with me to this battle. And I want you to understand the timing of this in David's life. Is David had been a shepherd, but God did not allow that giant to show up in David's life until David was prepared to battle him. See, none of the other Israelites were prepared to battle him. But how many of you know that although David was this little small guy, God had prepared him watching those sheep. He had defeated a lion with his hands. He defeated a bear with his hands. God had done many things in David's life to prepare him for what he was facing that day. And this is what I want you to understand, that God uses all the things, that everything in your life before today is all part of basic training. God's preparing you and training you. And as we go through this, God's either put, trying to, is putting something in you or trying to take something out of you in all this training. And, and when He feels you're ready, the giant showed up. I, I wanted, today I want to talk about the timing of, of these things. And so let, let's look at... Uh, <clears throat> we need to begin to trust in God's timings of this. So let's look at uh, 1 Samuel 17, verses 16 through 20. It says this, for 40 days, everybody say 40, 40 days the Philistine came forward. Who remembers how many years the Israelites were in Egypt? 40 years before they went in the promised land. It says, for 40 days the Philistine, that's Goliath, came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. I want you to understand that if David had not showed up on that 40th day, that giant would have showed up on the 41st day. He would have showed up on the 42nd day. You can't, sometimes we cannot just ignore the giant that's in front of us. God wants us to take action. You know, I, you know if maybe if they had cell phones back there, some of them guys would have said, you know what, somebody crank call with Goliath and tell him his mama said to come home. Uh, she needs him to do something. And hopefully he'll go away and then we'll be through with this problem. But it doesn't happen that way. You, so at some point in your life, you have to face the giant that is in front of you. But remembering, you come at it in the name of the Lord. Amen. So it says this, verse 17. <clears throat> now Jesse, David's father, said to his son, Take this ephod of uh, roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to their commander of the unit. And when I read that, I was thinking, I wonder, you know, he's sending bread to the to his sons, but to the commander of the unit, he's sending ten cheeses. I wonder if he was trying to say, hey, hey, protect my boys. You know, make sure they're not in the in the front lines. Put them in the back. I, I don't know what's going on, but he's trying to the commander, the one in charge. He's bringing some cheese to him. Amen. How many of you like cheese? God, oh, they could have had some grilled cheese back then. See, bread and cheese? That's right. He says, take along these cheeses to the commander of unit. And he says, he tells them, see how your brothers are and bring back some, notice what he says, some assurance from them. In other words, he's saying, I'm worried about my sons. Find them, make sure they're all right, and please come give me some good news. Please come give me some good news. He says, they they are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah and uh, fighting against the Philistines. <clears throat> so here we go. Verse 20 is the next day, which David, it's like a normal day. I'm just going through my no- normal routine here. We're going to do whatever we need to do. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock in care of a shepherd. He loaded up and set out... Uh, and set out as Jesse had directed, Jesse his father. It says when he reached the camp, as the army was going out, he, as he, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, okay? Both of them were encamped on hills, and, and the battle was going to be in the valley. And all of, every day they come out, and they go out to their positions for, for battle. And it says, shouting the war cry. Now that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? He says, they're taking their battle positions. They're shouting their war cry. And I started thinking about, you know, they were going through the motions, but that was about it. They never engaged in the battle with the giant. But they done the motions. And you know, they, oh, their battle cry. Oh, God is good all the time. Woo! Woo! They all pumped up. Shouting from one side, We love Jesus. Yes, we do. We know what to shout. We know what to do. We know when to stand. We know when to clap. But is it more than just motions we're going through? Is it more than just doing what we know we're supposed to do? You see, they they knew where they were supposed to be. They knew the right things to shout. But when it came time to face the giant. Where did that fate go? Where did that excitement go? See, emotion will only get you so far. They all pumped up, shouting their battle cry until the giant came out. And I know this isn't politically correct, but they all started shouting like a bunch of little girls. All these brave men became little sissies when the giant came out. Before the giant would come out, they were ready. They were pumped. They were shouting their battle cry. Then look what it says in verse 21. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies. And it says he ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. Just like his dad had asked. And while he was talking to his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Now, what I want to point out here is I don't think David knew there was a giant. Because later on in the story, you hear David ask, Who is this Philistine? Who is this? See, when when David started out his day, he didn't think he was running into a giant. But bam, out of nowhere, uninvited, think your day is going to go the way it normally goes, everything's going this way, Uh, normal battles, normal things we go through in life, but all of a sudden a giant shows up. And that's what I want to uh, let you know, that these giants, these things, situations in life doesn't show up in your calendar. Right, Most people have a, you know, you, you might have a calendar that you have the, you know, 2020, you got your year planned out. You know, go look at 2019 calendar and see how many things, how many giants showed up that you didn't have scheduled. Right? We don't know how many giants are going to show up in our life in 2020. We have no control of that. And, and that's what we want to understand. That we, we need to understand that giants show up uninvited. They catch you like a deer in the headlight. It might be that phone call in the middle of the night. It might be anything, but it catches you like a deer in the headlight. And you have to, again, at that moment, be walking in faith and not in fear. Because fear will paralyze you. Okay? Well, <clears throat> oh, Okay. The Bible says...
3: <laughs> it's impossible.
0: believe that He exists and that He rewards those uh, who earnestly seek Him. Uh, this is taken from the, the, you could call it the faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you go back later on this week, you could read it. It's, it's got all these different uh, things about uh, by faith Noah built the ark, by Abraham, all these things. By faith, by faith they've all done these things. And what we need to realize is that the enemy comes, the giant, whatever you want to call him, to destroy us. But let me ask you this question. Do you realize God knows when the giant's going to show up? Think about that. God knows when the giant's going to show up. And why does he allow these things to come in our life? To show, not him, to show us where our faith stands. It's a test of our faith. God knows where you stand. Okay? Now, understanding that these tests come in our life, and let, 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 let me ask you three questions. When, Goliath, when David faced Goliath, did God know Goliath was there? yeah okay final answer survey says yes. Yeah. Yeah. could god have to remove goliath before david got there could he have sent the coronavirus to their camp yeah. right god could do right so god god knew david was a new goliath was going to be there god could have removed them but get dead god No. Now, I hate to mess up your theology, but sometimes God allows giants in our life to show us where we're at. It doesn't say that God created those giants and things, but God uses what the enemy wanted and turns it for good. Now, let's think about the garden, Adam and Eve. Now, God created Lucifer as a worshiping angel. God didn't create Satan. You know, some people say, oh, well, if God's so good, why he created Satan the way he did? He didn't create him that way. Satan turned himself that way. Well, how he done that? Because he, apparently God gave the angels free will also. See, God did not make you a robot that programs you that you have to love him and you have no control about that. You hear me? Uh, who would want, you know, what if uh, you get rid of all your family and you just get some, some of those, you've seen some of those robots they have today, how weird they look almost say? and you fill your house with those robots and you program them to love you. Do you think you're really going to feel love from them? They may do what you want them to do, but you, only because you program them to do that. You see, that's not how God wants us or designed any of us. God designed us more like a little puppy. That no matter what's going on in life, right? When I get home today, it's going to be two hours since we've seen little Maggie Grace. When we're going to open that door, she's going to act like she hasn't seen us in 50 years. She's going to be going crazy. She'll run to Suzanne and she'll be, Aah! then she'll run to me, Aah! And it, it's that's how God wants us to be to Him. You see, with, with that unconditional love. You know, she, when we walk through the door, she's not going to be, where are y'all been? That's how cats are. You know, <laughs> it's kind of, look at you like, leave me alone. <laughs> Those are things. But back to the garden. So, uh, say, uh, Lucifer was designed as a worshiping angel then pride was found in his heart and he wanted to worship God that was going to God to go to him and he, he's thrown out of heaven because pride in his heart and one third of the angels decided to follow him instead. So let's put him, the snake, in the garden with Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve and told them to get in the garden and not to eat from the tree from the knowledge of good and evil. Now, if he never gave them an opportunity to have that free will to to do it or not, they would have been robots. So the giant in their life was the serpent, Satan, he came in. Now we could say, well, why didn't God, you know, sprinkle muck balls all over the the Garden of Eden and keep them snakes out You know, some people say you you muck balls keep snakes out. What, could, could God have banned Satan from being in the garden? Yeah, but did He? No, because God used him to test Adam and Eve. He's saying, "I'm going to. Uh, I didn't create him the way he is, but he's going to be a giant in your life that's going to come and test you, so you could prove you believe what I say." We all know they failed. You starting to understand what I'm saying? That sometimes God allows giants in our life? And I think what's important is when, when He allows those giants is He's already prepared us that we can overcome and defeat that giant. If you make the right choice. You see, David had already knew how to fight. David already knew how to battle in the Lord. He already knew that God would deliver him and save him. And it's only then when that giant came in that he faced. So Hebrews 11.1 one says this. I, I could only f- want to just focus on the first two words is what? Uh, Hebrews 11.1 one. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. No, uh, Hebrews eleven one. 1, Those two words. Now faith. Now faith is co- the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You see, fear act, acted on what they seen, the giant. They acted in fear. But faith, and this, this is what I want you to understand, now faith, and, and just... Circle that on your paper. Now, I need now faith. See, yesterday's faith is not going to help me get through the giant today. You understand what I'm saying? Now faith is meaning in the present moment. I need the faith. See, my faith got me through many things before, but when this next giant shows up, am I still going to have that now faith to overcome this giant? So if we could ever grasp the truth that nothing comes our way apart, how can I say this, apart from the will of God or filtered through God. Okay, God filtered. Again, God knew the giant was there for David. God knew Satan would be there for Adam and Eve. He could have kept both of them out of the picture. But he allowed it to happen. Now, some of you may be, you need to go back and listen to last week's message. When you start seeing these things, when something terrible happens in your life, and then you, the devil starts jumping in your head and saying, you see what God done you? He don't love you. How can a loving God let you go through that? Last week I talked about that. That if we're not careful, we will take up an offense with God. And I use the example of John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist, before he went to prison, done many things. Jesus is coming and John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus in water. And as Jesus comes up out the water, the skies open. The voice of God says, this is my son in which I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and lands on Jesus. John the Baptist was witness, personal witness to all this. He, earlier again, he says, behold the Lamb of God when he just seen him, he knew. But then John gets arrested. And while he's in prison, he says, you know what? This Jesus guy never came visit me here. What am I, Chop liver? Whatever that's supposed to mean. <laughs> he never came visit me. And he, John sends his disciples and says, go ask Jesus if he's really the one. Because right now I'm not so sure. Because I'm over here in prison. You hear me? John says what he was sure of before John took an offense to Christ that he's sitting in prison. And, he, he, you know, why don't you just come get me out? I've been doing your will, proclaiming that you're, you're coming. And Jesus tells his disciples, blessed is he who does not get offended because of me. Now, you see, a lot of times when we heard that in the past, we're thinking, oh, that someone offends you because you love God. No, Jesus was saying, blessed is the one who does not get offended because of the way I do the things I do. You see, maybe if you've lost a love, or maybe a marriage didn't work out, maybe something didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And if you're not careful, you begin to blame God and take an offense. And you get upset with God. You see, for, for allowing that giant to be in your life. So, think of this, these scriptures now. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things. What things? All things. God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to our purpose? No. His purpose. See John had fulfilled God's purpose that God had him there for. But he didn't like the way it was ending. So if I understand that every, again, everything I face in life, whatever giant that is, I could become better or I could become bitter. The enemy wants you to become bitter and defeated. But can I tell you something? That giant's there to to try and stop you from being where God wants you to be, moving you to the next level. Notice what Job said in Job 23.10. But he knows the way that I take In other words, he's saying God knows my heart. Better than I know my heart. And he says, when he has what? Tested me. I will come forth as gold. When he has tested me. Once I defeat the giant that is in front of me. That is my test I'm going through. I will come forth as gold. How many of you know how do you get pure gold? You have to put it in the fire. Because only in the fire when it melts do the impurities surface that you don't see until it's in the fire. And we in our minds got a picture of who we are and how we are. Like Peter, I'll never deny you Christ, but yet before the night was over he denied him three times. See, Peter was put in the fire and what was in him came to the top. So God puts us through tests so we could see the areas in our life that we need victory. So Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, I just want to mention verse 10 to you. It's not on your, on your paper. It says, when, when 70 years are completed... God's telling them this, they're in bondage, they're in captivity. Okay? And what we're talking about is God's timing. He says, when the 70 years has passed. How many of you know, we don't always like God's timing on things? I wanted him to show up yesterday. For something, right? We want now, God, now, God, now, God. It's In other words, whoo, this fire is hot, get me out of here. But he said, oh no, I need need it to melt a little bit more. There's still stuff in there that needs to come up. There's still stuff that needs to be refined in you. And that's the only way it's going to happen. He says, God says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. Plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How many of you have a child... And if he's sick, you just allow him to be sick and continue to be sick. What do you do? You take him to the doctor. Are they enjoying the doctor? No. When the doctor takes the needle out for the shot, what happens to that kid? They start screaming because they know that it's going to hurt. But how many parents will say, oh, no, don't give him the shot. Just let him be sick. You know where I'm going? See, sometimes God's got to give us the shot to cure us, to heal us, to get rid of what's sick inside of us. It may not feel good at the time, but it's the best thing for us. So he says, I know the plans I have for you that give you a hope and a future, not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. He says, then you will call on me and pray and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from the place where I carry you the exile. If our worship team wants to start making their way back up here, and I know I'm going a little long this morning. But I think we need to see this. Now let's go back to 1 Samuel 17, 24. Let me find my other verse here for you real quick. Verse 23 said, uh, and he was talking with them as David was talking to his brothers Goliath, the Philistine champion came from Gat, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance and David heard it. But look at verse twenty-four. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. What happened? A few verses before, they're taking their position, shouting their battle cry: "God is good!" Woo, all the time, brother. Woo! woo, woo, woo. We have the victory. Woo. Sounding like Ric Flair over there. That sound with his woo. Until the giant showed up. And what happened? Fear seized them. Were they God's children? The nation of Israel, yes. As David had said, the, the God of the nation of Israel, was he their God? Yes, but they allowed fear to overcome them. Let me get through this quick here. Let me just share this. Most of the time, we're, we're a lot like the nation of Israel. When Israel was leaving, uh, uh, were enslaved in Egypt, and they left, that God was taking them to the promised land. God bless you, brother. <laughs> They began, and after two years, they came to the Jordan, and God said, this is the promised land. Ready to take it. The promised land. I'm, I'm giving it to you. And God says this. He says, but I want you to send in 12 spies. Go see the land. Everybody's familiar, most people familiar with the story. What happens? 10 out of the 12 come back. And instead of seeing the good that God promised them in the land, their focus was on the giants in the land. Instead of believing God's going to give the giants to them. Like he promised. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, yes, let's go in. But the other ten said this. They said, uh, there are giants in the land, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. See, before the promised land, there were giants. But how many of you know that a, a gra- being a grasshopper is not a bad thing? you remember Kung Fu in the 70s? Grasshopper, when you can take the pebble from my hand, y'all don't remember it. You'll be ready for battle. But Joshua and Caleb could not convince them to go in the land. So what happens? Thirty-eight more years walking around the desert because the giants stopped them. They believed their fear over their faith in God. But guess what? 38 years later, they end up at the same place. And guess who's still there waiting for them? Giants. The giants are still there. The land God promised of them, let's do this test again. Did God know the giants were there in the land, in the promised land, before he told them he would bring them? Is that your final answer? Yes. Could God have removed those giants before he brought them to the promised land? Yes, he could have. Do you see that maybe God wanted them to face a giant? See, what you're going to do with your giant is going to determine your future. Are you going to give in to your fear? Or are you going to walk in faith? If you give in to your fear, you're going to keep circling. Be, your lives going in a circle and you'll never get to the promise that God has for your life. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 9, 11, and 13. Brother Darren, if you would, you could dim the lights out now. This is after the the 38 years in the desert coming back. He says, hear Israel. You are now about to cross the the Jordan and and go uh, in and dispossess. That means to take out. Now notice how he describes nations that are what? Greater and stronger than you. In the natural, they're bigger, they're stronger, more powerful, but he says, that don't let that scare you and stop you. He says that with large uh, cities and they have walls that go up to the sky, meaning it seems impossible that you're going to be able to penetrate that wall. But then it goes on to say in verse uh, 2. The people are strong and tall. Anakites. In other words, giants. You know about them and I've heard it said. Notice this. Who can stand up against the Anakites? Are you going to listen to Joshua and Caleb, or to ten other spies? See, God, Joshua and Caleb were repeating what God said. The other ten were repeating their fears. And God's telling them, "You've heard that these people—you you don't stand a chance against them." But He says, "If you go in My name, the battle is Mine." not yours verse 3 says but be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire he will destroy them he will subdue them before you and he will drive them out and alienate, alienate them quickly as the Lord has promised. So here's what I'm sharing with you today. When a giant shows up in your life, it's not by accident. You hear me? It's not by accident. I have to understand that God is completely aware of the situation. God knew that giant was showing up that day. But he doesn't leave you helpless. When giants come, we can get depressed, fearful, and defeated. Or we can realize that they are something that God is working in our life. We could be like Saul and all the other Israelites and cower in fear and hope he just goes away. Or oh, we could be like David and stand up. And this is, when I, when I read that part, it's David standing up and saying, you know what, I'm going to see a victory. With the enemy went, meant to destroy me, God's going to overcome. I'm going to see a victory. You hear me? Let's say that. I'm going to see victory. Of victory. If you need to see a victory in your life, I want you to come up front here and we're going to worship again with this song. Pastor Al, I'm going to ask you if you'd just help me anoint people. We're, we're really not going to pray for you. The anointing means show, is a representative in the Bible of the presence of God. So I don't know what giant you're facing in your life, but it's not bigger than the God we serve. Can I tell you that? The giant that's in front of you is no match? for the God that's inside of you. You hear me? The giant that's in front of you is no match for the God that's inside of you. So if you want to see a victory in your life or you want to cower in fear, if you want a victory, you come up front here and we're going to anoint you with all. And you start singing these songs and and worshiping with them. Thank you.
3: the weapon may be formed but it won't prosper when the darkness falls it won't prevail cause a God I serve knows only how to triumph my God will never fail oh my God will Perfect, I'm gonna see you. Jesus
0: your hands right now father we just come before you today father you know with that with each and every giant that stands before each and every person father father I just pray that through you for the God we have victory father we come against those Giants right now in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ father I pray that you give the people father God the strength for the God that as you in your timing Father God, whether it be today, whether it be a week, whether it be a month from now, whatever's your timing, Father God, that we know we could rest in you, Father God, because a victory is on the way, Father God. Work in us, Father God. Do what you need to do, Father God. Take out of us what you need to remove from us, Father. Place in us what you need to place in us, Father God, so we could come out as pure gold, Father God. All the impurities be gone from our life, Father. We thank you for that because we're going to see a victory. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you. Amen. 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 Come on out for prayer this Wednesday night. Amen. 7 o'clock. We love you. Shake somebody's hand, hug their neck, tell them your victory's on the way. Amen.